we weren't there, they were going to theorize on what happens in the Song of Ice and Fire series, knowing that we've read through the books, and we weren't there to stop them or, or to prevent them from saying otherwise or to drop hints about what happens in, in the future. It was a big relief, actually. It was, it was a really relieving feeling i felt free he felt Aww, relieved i'm sorry i relieved. clipped your wings selena's a wing clipper hey listen <laughs> micah i want to let you know that we got we were just inundated like i haven't been able to go outside we were inundated with email and, and and little like lacy love letters from people saying that that was their favorite episode ever just to let you know no Ouch. <laughs> what can i say <laughs> no that's not true not at all. Oh, it's not? No, I made that part up. Oh. You sent in those love letters, didn't you? To Eric. To Eric. Yeah. <laughs> we Sorry, just can't leave you two alone. I replied. No, it was it was strange. Did you listen to that episode, Micah? I did. Yeah, you know what's great is that... That episode? Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was great. Apparently, you got... Uh, what I like about this new format is that... You know, I can actually download it on the train. The file size is small enough so that, like, when I start leaving the station, I can download it, and then I can listen to it, and it's over by the time I get home because I have about an hour commute. It's just, I, I like it. And what, I know Eric brought this up on the last show, too, but we were at the event last week in New York City for J.K. Rowling. Uh, we had a number of people come up to us, um, you know, Game of Owns listeners, and say, you know, how much they really like this new format, and that they can't wait to get a new show three times throughout the week. Really, that's, cool. that's so cool. I'm really glad when when that's actually really funny that you mentioned that, Mike, because we go through and I'll just when we go through the exporting process to master this file out for everyone after doing all the technical shit, um, the episode is pressed and then it is pressed again to further compact down that file size and uh it comes out at a really really manageable size for everyone because <laughs> i know er oh, early on we had complaints like because the, the episodes were long the file sizes were big but now now we're trying to get it down to you know close to downloading a song so working mm -hmm. on it i i, I thought you were going to say like you keep compressing it until you get three episodes out of one no and that's <laughs> how, that's how we get three episodes a week <laughs> or, right. or i was thinking like a wine comparison you know like a really fine wine Oh, yeah. This nice yeah. bit rate. Like, oh, it's just over 128 kilobits per second. It's, oh, 128 kilobits. Oh, it's just, that's the sweet spot. That's the good oh, zone yeah. to be in. I that's like what it says in the doc, thrice weekly time manageable episodes for your ear holes. Yeah, that was a long, that was a long <laughs> night. I'm glad you like that. Uh, it's good to have you back, though, Sir Lenasaurus Rex. Where have you I'm been? glad to be here. I, I've been here. I've just been mute, you know? Well, you sound great. I sound literally. thank you. <laughs> literally great. That's awesome. Not just not yeah, just when, when, figuratively. When your voice makes a comeback, Selena, it really makes a comeback. I'll yeah, tell you. Oh, really. you know, it's great because not only do I actually physically have my voice as opposed to last week, but you can also hear me when I speak. This is fantastic. <laughs> I know, Selena. Just for you guys that are listening, uh, perspective. She has downgraded to Windows ninety five <laughs> Skype, and, uh, well, and it's it working works. out great. You sound beautiful. It's like those old school, like, as a musician, like, we like these old amplifiers with the old, like, exactly. vacuum transistor it's like, tubes. I'm, like, listening to a vinyl, you Exactly. Know? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pressed three times. Yes, flawed, but perfect as it should be. Yes. Thank you. Who <laughs> said newer is better? Exactly. Nobody, really. Nobody knew what they were talking about. I can't think of a single person that has ever said that. So, I know we, we talked a little bit here about our new format. We did get a lot of good feedback uh, on the... Uh, on the Twitter about uh, about the new show format. 
Jon Snow's Bizatch, who I guess... <laughs> I love uh, that. <laughs> yeah, man. What's her name again on the show? Well, uh, I think it's Sam, right? Oh, yeah, Sam. Okay, just, just, just making sure. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, uh, says, love the new format. Hashtag keep it up, Game of Owns. Great. So that was nice. We'll think about it. And then uh, <laughs> Nicole Soar says, loving having Game of Owns all week long. Keep at it. She's such a nice tweeter. Micah also has has, has an own of the week from, <laughs> I guess it's own of the weekend. From uh, from uh, a friend of yours that, well, doesn't really know that it was you on the show. Am I correct here? Yeah, I I got this. I guess on uh on Sunday morning I was I was looking through my Twitter feed and it said, "Can't believe it took me this long to realize it's you on the Game of Owns podcast." What? Man. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly not paying attention to the details. That's so weird. Uh, you have like a really distinct voice as well. It's very strange. <laughs> Maybe many micas in person. How many micas are there in New York? There's three, right? Five. Well, I've only, well, I've only ever better. Met how many work at the NBA? I mean, not not too many. For reference that everyone, I know of, Mike is power forward for the Knicks, and uh, apparently he doesn't talk very much. <laughs> yeah, that's rough, yeah. Micah. You should you know advertise it more. I should maybe wear a shirt. Yeah, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. We we need to get some. Well, now you're going to start this whole listener thing where they're gonna say oh are you guys gonna sell t-shirts we'll sell <laughs> stencils for you guys to take to tattoo artists and to have it permanently put on your body uh that's kind of already similar to the tattoo i do have on my body actually well we don't tell people about the likeness of micah and selena into one person that you have tattooed on your left forearm oh that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you guys only knew how pretty it is you know like those weird websites where it mixes people's faces and they're uh-huh. like oh it's so ugly it's just it's just the most beautiful young young baby man i've ever seen so congrats you too but but wait we might be onto something here though with selena could you do hand woven Game of Owns t-shirts. Oh my god, limited edition. Ooh, yeah. And, and we could sell cool. them for $500 each. And throw in some apples. Throw in some, some, some apples with, with each shipment. Yes, I could yeah. carve our faces into apples and sell them. Packing material. <laughs> yeah. Packing materials. We perfect. had a handful of, of things sent to us on social media, and those are people. Congrats, people. <laughs> So, so you recommended it to me. <laughs> he just, he doesn't even know it's you. <laughs> oh well, Micah, we have proof now—official proof uh, in writing. If Twitter is counted as legal proof, that we have more than one listener. There's Jessica from last week, and there's now your friend. Oh, thank so, God! We can never yeah, we invite have- <laughs> him on the show because then no. <laughs> we won't have any left. <laughs> no. Did you guys get the same feeling? I know last week we talked a lot about the eerie and and going there for the first time and, and sort of the the level of detail that you guys are, that a reader is is able to kind of take in did you feel the same way with this or did you feel it was kind of subpar in comparison that's a good question I, I don't think anything will top the eerie for a while maybe the wall Clearly maybe the wall, the wall. <laughs> but the wall's a wall and uh, a roll a is a roll if we don't get no tolls then we don't need no rolls you know what I'm saying no oh, I mean man. like I thought it was cool that they're passing the um all the old empires that have fallen, you know, and kind of like rubble and stuff. But on the whole, it's, it's just, it's, it's rubble, you know, it's, it's not necessarily this engaging structure that defies gravity. Uh, Nobody's saying 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the Eerie is probably still cooler looking, but um, it, it's just, I don't know. There is something about the Dothraki that make their, uh, the, this vice Dothrak um, fitting for them. If we're going to compare it to the Eerie, when I think of the Eerie and I think about why it's cool, it's not really necessarily about how well George wrote it. I'm thinking of from the perspective of how well could this hold up against some crazy horde of enemies. And I think about Vestar Dothrak, and I think that it's all flat, and it could probably be taken over pretty easily. So I'm less impressed with it. But like Eric said, the simple fact that there's tons of ruined civilizations, essentially fallen empires as you walk into this place. It's incredibly impending. And I think it's a super unique capital. It's one of the coolest capitals or ideas of a city that I've read in any book ever. Yeah, I agree. And it's really unique in the sense that you learn as you move in to the actual city that no one area is really like the other because it was all built by the slaves that they captured from the areas that they took over. So, right. you know, that in and of itself is kind of a cool concept. But Zach, what you said almost about them being attacked, right? I mean, what would happen? Because they're really not allowed to carry weapons in the city. You know, it's sort of customary that this is how it goes. What happens if they're attacked? I mean, I guess they have to pick up arms, but... (laughs) They have random severed arms. Hit hit everyone with them. Just take this arm. No, but say they're attacked from from some foreign power, right? I mean... they're, they're not going to strictly follow their customs and be like, hey, you know, we're not able to take up blades right here or spill blood in this city, this sacred uh-huh. city. Um, I think that they would not really have much of a choice. Right. I don't think that would ever happen, though. Like, I feel like this is so far into the horse land territory that no army would ever make it that far. Well, would they see them coming? Because it's, it's, it's pretty yeah, spread Yeah, I think out. they would. Because I think that the horse you know, lords or whatever, they aren't really in there all the time at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's just a sort of safe haven for Dothraki. And I think that the, the, the horse lands don't, don't they say at one point in the show that, or that's in the series that basically on their own territory, the Dothraki are unbeatable. So I'm sure that with all their spies and everything, and they would have, you know, spies outside of the city being like, oh, there's an army coming. Let's leave the gates so we can... F-. Light you know the beacons, I mean? please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The dark fucking beacons. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, he may not have went into full detail, but you're probably exactly 100% right. They very obviously have some kind of protection set up. Right. Well, one person who doesn't find this city very interesting at all he actually refers to it as being the trash of dead cities god he's so annoying first walking in he is right (laughs) yeah i'm so over viserys right now (laughs) we start to get a little bit more of an idea though specifically from jorah about the fact that viserys could have made a a major mistake here you know he he says that he should have stayed back in pentos and that really this whole arrangement is is in no way in favor of viserys you know it's it this wasn't like a a trade that you don't trade with a cow, you don't demand anything of a cow is actually what Jorah says. So my question is, well, then why was this whole arrangement made in the first place? You know, why did Magister Lirio make this deal? It did kind of flip really fast in the story, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess Illyrio was in it for the money, um, you know, very clearly, I think. But at the same time, the fact that Danny is getting more of an advantage here um, and she's sort of playing to 
that and learning how to make it into a good thing. He's just continuing to fall in status. Mm. But if you're in his situation, wouldn't you be pissed off? I mean, you you agreed in principle to this deal where you're giving your sister away in return for 40,000 men to march on King's Landing at some point. And he's getting very unsettled. He's getting very irritated. And we know just by nature, his character is kind of whiny and bitchy, but does he have any sort of claim here? Do you feel like he does? Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, got, a, he's got a great sense of entitlement. Um, but once you get past that, I mean, there was a deal made, and he is impatient. And so, yeah, I mean, I think he's rightfully so. I mean, they're just, they're, it's got to be pretty boring traveling with a Dothraki and not speaking Visitors, the language. Visitors is a child. Like, I think that's the main thing with, with him, is that he has never... Like, obviously, going through what him and Daenerys have gone through, you need, and anyone in these books, you need a, an in, insane sort of over, over self. Is that a word? Like, you need a, a ri- ridiculous psyche to be able to handle all of this. And, and he just does not because he's on the verge of madness, clearly. So, I mean, that's why he's sort of the, the more resistance he's getting, he's becoming this petulant child, just like yeah. stomping on his foot and being like, I want my army. It's hard yeah. for me to feel sorry for Viserys because. Yeah. Uh, personally, I feel like I would have had the common sense to understand that making a deal with a a an army of people that are savages, literally. I mean, you know, they might be civilized to a certain extent, but these are savage people that, you know, murder people at weddings and, you know, think crazy shit like that's cool. So <laughs> not only are you marrying your little sister off to her, which is probably a mistake because you're the last two remaining people of a family that has been murdered by other people. But uh, you yourself are just choosing to travel with them after they've already like thrown ropes around your neck and basically just like cussed you out in language you can't understand. Like you're going like a Starbucks in like Eastern Europe. Like <laughs> it's not safe. It's not safe. Like I, I don't understand how silly you could be. And on top of that, you've done all this dumb shit. You made all these dumb plans. Like oh yeah, they're gonna give you an army. They very clearly they're they're eating horse meat to make it across the the the, the grasslands. Like they're very clearly interested in hanging out in tents and like building campfires. They're not going to go sail across the sea because you brought one girl, you know, even though however, how much Drogo likes this, this girl, like it doesn't, it's, it's not, that's not going to happen. So he's just made all these dumb decisions. And on top of that, now he like walks into their capital city of this, of, of Westeros, you know, he really believes that means something to these people. I know. But I mean, like, I feel like when he was getting people, when he was growing up and people like Illyrio were whispering in his ear, and basically made him into the person that he is. Um, that should that should stop quickly when you're hanging out with people that think you're an idiot. That are yeah. like saying, "Oh, hey, don't ride this horse. You should walk. <laughs> Your hair's dumb." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true though. It's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the fact that they would have to take the forty thousand men, figure out a way to get them across the water to Westeros. Um, Sir Jorah pointed out, and you know, even another disadvantage. Uh, in the Dothraki's tactics. That brings up the conversation about Robert Baratheon, and, and Jorah makes this interesting kind of analogy that he almost thinks that Robert Baratheon should have been born Dothraki just from the way that he approaches things. Um, you know, and, and he he would ride into battle with sort of no hesitation, but you know, he brings up the other people that Robert surrounded himself with and specifically Ned Stark who he absolutely loathes like you get I that I love that like the, <laughs> this here's someone that we love and Jorah who we also really li- have started to like and then we find out that 
in Jorah's eyes, Ned is like the ultimate evil. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a different perspective from what we're used to because, like you said, Selena, we've grown to love Ned, and you know what happens later on in the the book shocks. I think all of us shocked us when we watched it on TV. So to have this one person who's not a Lannister, right, right, be so adamantly opposed to Ned and what he stands for, and you know, I think we get backstory. We get only like two lines here about what you know happened and why he doesn't like ned but you know there's he switches very quickly in the conversation and so i mean he pretty much said it it's because ned was the one who did not allow you know because jorah sold that person as you know he was losing his wife and then he sold that person as a slave to like try to win his wife back to buy her pretty things and then ned basically being the self-righteous <laughs> you know kind of stuck up person that we know that Ned is he banished Jorah for Get out of here doing slavery stuff in Westeros which is you you can't really fault him for that because slavery is a bad thing but because we know Jorah and we know his reasons for it it's it it's really difficult it's always difficult when you see both sides isn't it yeah and that's that's the great thing about these books is yeah. that it seems that there's three or four sides to every coin when it comes to situations. You know what I mean? And so for something mm-hmm. like this, I want to say that I was on Ned's side because if we're going to be on Ned's side for beheading someone because he broke, he, you know, he broke the black or whatever, you have to be on the same side as Ned when he does something like this. He very, very clearly sticks to an honor code. He's like that teacher in high school that like you knew was cool, but was like, listen, you can't do that. You're in trouble. <laughs> uh, it's like it's it's like that guy or girl, depending on what kind of school you went to. So right. it's 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 an odd situation because I liked Jorah up until this point, and I guess I still do. But I'm just a massive Sean Bean uh, and myself chipper. <laughs> so yeah. I just hoped I, I was just like this is Aww. the greatest man that has ever lived. So uh, I just want everything about his character to be respected. You know what yeah. I mean? You guys brought it up earlier. The chapter really comes to an end um, with more of the same between Daenerys and Viserys. And it's just very clear that, you know, in these chapters, I think we've seen Daenerys really mature uh, as as a character, whereas her brother is just still this dick. And he hasn't he hasn't changed at all. And, you know, he, he, he bursts into the tent saying, oh, how dare you send this whore to you know, tell me what to do. And it's just, I mean, it seems like he never learns, but there is that moment that comes into play here where Daenerys finally stands up for herself. And now it's almost like the balance of power has shifted. And and he's still hanging around, by the way. He's still hanging with all of those crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a, that's such an error. Sorry, Viserys. Those clothes were pretty cool. You made a mistake. And not only that, he thinks these people are beneath him. And and that's really where I think like he starts to to ruin himself is he's never made any attempt to really have conversation with Cal Drogo or you know, he he's allowed Illyrio to create this whole situation for him and he's done nothing to sort of endear himself to these people who he's supposed to be leading uh, you know, into this battle at some point. So I, I just feel like he's in a lot of trouble right now especially with his sister, not very happy with him. I know. I love the way that she sort of just takes charge by the end of that chapter. You know, she really, really, really tries out of some like latent sort of sense of loyalty to him to try to make him 
make it okay. But ultimately, like, she is, she feels like a Dothraki now and she feels the shame for him. And I just love how superior she is and how she realizes at the end of the chapter that he, he really is not the king that she, that, that he thinks that he's going, that he's going to be. Although she thinks that it's her son, which is kind of sad. I have a question for you guys. I want to know who you guys think would win in the act if it actually happened if if the faces weren't creepy if the safes weren't empty if all of these things happened and then a time machine existed and we were able to go back to this point and let's say Viserys turns out he starts talking to Drogo and maybe stops being a dick face and uh he uh he is okay he's a good person and they decide that they want to go to go to battle and they take all these ships across the big lake and um, they go to fight the Seven Kingdoms. They go and they fight Robert, okay? Who do you guys think would win, honestly? I think the Horse Lords would win because they pretty much said as much in this in this chapter that if they actually took them by surprise and Robert rode out to meet them, then they would win. Uh, I think the Lannisters would find new and creative ways to kill and make use of the corpses of all of the 40,000 Dothraki men. I would have to... Uh, I agree with Selena. Um, though they are fighting on foreign territory, so that that always plays into it. I mean, yeah, they're they're cool and they can shoot arrows no matter what direction their horse is riding in. <laughs> I think that's what was said in the chapter, right? But I mean, look at what happened um, at Blackwater uh, with with the wildfire. I, you know, I think I don't know how much ingenuity there is from a tactical standpoint on the part of the Dothraki. You mean the, you know, the like dragon they just Yeah, they just ride into battle. Like, I don't think they, they consider anything from a tactical standpoint. Like, they're just, let's fight, and whoever wins, wins, you know, at the end of the day. So, I, I might actually change that. I, I think I'd, I'd side on the Lannisters. I feel like... Mm. Side with the Lannisters. I feel like the Dothraki are obviously better warriors. I mean, compared to a lot of the people that, let's say they didn't train well... And Winterfell, like some of the better knights, and you know, like the kids did. Like, let's just say they're normal Stark men or they're normal Lannister men, and they're not incredibly trained well. I still think that all of these people that we later see fighting each other for one crown, if these people come on their land, they're going to be like, it's like if aliens invaded Earth, and it's like, okay, well, we're not going to fight you anymore. We're just all going to fight together against this one person. So it's all of these enemies, essentially, like Lannister, Starks, etc. And they're going to be riding with each other. Stannis is going to be like, Robert, yeah, you're the king. Let's, let's, let's kill these dudes, and then they'll fight later. I think in an open field, though, maybe that favors the Dothraki. Well, but if, obviously. If they're, <laughs> if, if they're going to try and take King's Landing, I, I think it would favor the you know Robert and the Lannisters. It's safe to say if it was a drinking contest that Tyrion would be the Achilles of the group, and he would be the winner, most likely. That's great. I like that analogy. But let's give our respective owns of, of this particular episode, this particular chapter, what stood out to you guys. Hmm. Yes, I did have one. I thought it was it was a, a really great exchange between um, Daenerys and Viserys that happened this week. And I had to go with Daenerys, obviously, for my own, because she is actually awesome right now. Um, so Viserys says, next you'll want to braid my hair. And Daenerys goes, I'd never... You have no right to a braid. You haven't won any victories yet. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> I um I think that the obvious own of this entire chapter and episode goes to Viserys, um because he he spit upon he just owned those gifts so well like uh. it was such a kind gesture, 
And he didn't want them. He didn't want to eat. He didn't want to <laughs> eat. He didn't want to wear the rags of the horse people. And, you know, <laughs> that's equivalent to a lot of modern day society, Viserys. So way to think ahead. You win. Uh, yeah. I had a very, very similar own. It's just because Viserys is digging his own grave. He's, uh, he, you know, he's not going to win. He's, he's, he can't see. He doesn't have the sense to for self-preservation at all. And that, so that's kind of a reverse own. Um, he's just going to die. Like a nuo. <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. Backwards own. Uh, well, it's uh, between Daenerys and Jorah. And uh, she says, Viserys says he could sweep the Seven Kingdoms with 10,000 Dothraki screamers. Sir Jorah snorted, Viserys could not sweep a stable with 10,000 <laughs> oh, yeah. rooms. I like that one. <laughs> I always pick that, almost pick that one. Um, if you'd like to send in your own and possibly make us chuckle and giggle amongst ourselves before we record the show, which is usually what we do, um, and then we cut, copy and paste them, and they look all pretty inside of a document. You know how to do that. And maybe if you do tell us whether or not you think that certain people would win in wars, that maybe everyone on the show will change their mind and we'll all be unanimous and live in harmony forever. But in the meantime, you can contact us uh, via email at contact at com. If you have something in a shorter format, to contact us with, which is uh, 140 characters or less, you can tweet at us on Twitter. We are twitter.com slash game of owns. Uh, we are also game of owns on Facebook. You can like us there. And if you're looking to subscribe, if for some reason you've come across this bite size episode without subscribing to us, you can find us on iTunes at game of owns on iTunes as well. And speaking of iTunes, uh, you are uh, welcome to rate and review the show. Uh, five stars is what we require in order laughing. for a review to be posted. Um, I'm just asking for the for the listeners to kindly review us, uh, to give us five stars. Okay. And uh, they have done that so far. I know Eric quoted it, I think, on the last episode. It's about, what, 150 reviews, all of them Something five like stars? That? Something, Something like that. Something along those well, lines. I might have... Um, inflated that number a little bit. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, so uh, we we certainly appreciate your feedback, and uh, perhaps I'll incentivize you guys to to give us those five star reviews sometime later in the week. You're such a fuck. <laughs> oh. It's only it's only one per week. Uh, we, we don't all want to uh, we don't want to scare our listeners <laughs> no. away. You're such a so is that a promise on the, on next on Wednesday's episode? You'll you'll give us something to could be on Friday's episode. On Friday's episode, right. come uh, on, man! You, you never know. Plug you don't plug know. com is the best place that you can find all kinds of great fandom news and discussion. Not from any of these three guys. So if you <laughs> yeah. want to get away from that's that, an appealing trait. That's that's a quality that that you like. Some people might think so. Okay. So I'm not one your of thoughts, them, of course. Yeah, Hypable is a website that sometimes people navigate to for news on pop culture and also for I polls think that Hypable.com kind of... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, we're doing a huge big shipping tournament right now. It's going to be so much fun. A tournament? Yes. To the death. To the death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 4,000 golden crowns to the victor. One ship to, ship to rule them all. If you ship Selena and Jamie, let us know in the comments. <laughs> yes. And one of the selective embeddings, or possibly in a forum post, or uh, in all the several thousand other places that these somehow these episodes tend to find themselves online. I'm Michael uh, Tannenbauer. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Zurich. 
Loser. I'm Erica Skolowitzki. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that's weird. great. <laughs> the James Bond villain. <laughs> I feel like the fabric of my reality has been raped <laughs> by a Dothraki horse. This episode is over now. Skyfall. Yeah. Bye.